Today I'm speaking to Diva O'Neill, who is a clothing designer, maker, and business owner. Um, your company is called, let me get this right, is it Phaedra? Phaedra? Mm-hmm. Phaedra. How do, you, how do you pronounce it? Phaedra? Phaedra, yeah. Where do you get a name like that? Uh, my background, my, my major artistic background up until I started Phaedra was um, through creative writing, and I studied that at university, and... Um, I've just always been really inspired by the Greek myths. Um, I think mainly because I find the idea of there being multiple stories for every protagonist just really interesting. Um, And I like the idea of just like there being so many different stories behind each person and different personalities shining through. And I thought that was particularly fitting um, when it came to kind of making a... um, talking about women and... um, us being much more complex creatures than history has given us um, credit for. Um, so, yeah, and also kind of uh, aesthetically too, like I'm very drawn to um, kind of natural fabrics and naturally dyed fabrics and the kind of ease of wearing and movement um, that kind of came from older style clothing. That's something that actually started you off on Phaedra, wasn't it? Because you started making them because you're taller than the average woman might be. Yes. And that's something you were researching, trying to find clothes that did fit you, and you sort of gave up on high street shops and that kind of thing. When did it go from, right, I'll make my own clothes, to, okay, there's a market for this, there are other people who will be interested in my designs? Mm, yeah, good question. Um <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I I spent a long I spent my whole life trying to find clothes, super simple clothes like the clothes I make now that fitted me well because I'm so tall. Um and I mean generally kind of mass market clothing is not always um conducive to fitting anybody well, really. Um you know, all of my friends had kind of similar problems. Everybody has different parts of their body which they doesn't tend to fit in in mainstream clothing. Um so yeah, I just kind of had this brainwave to start making my own clothes and was literally just kind of buying um, sheets from charity shops and cutting up fabric to and draping it on myself and seeing if it'd work or drawing round pieces of clothing. And um, yeah, I just found that really imp- empowering actually, um, being able to like create something that fitted me well and I enjoyed wearing. Um, and it kind of just went side by side. I started making clothes for myself, uh, started making clothes for my friends, um, got offered a really amazing studio space where I was living down in Cornwall and was living in quite a kind of close-knit community, tight-knit community of um, creative people and makers in Falmouth anyway. And um, yeah, so just kind of dived right in and started making clothes for other people, which... um, yeah, some would say it was stupid because I didn't really know what I was doing. But at the same time, <laughs> I kind of learned as I went and, you know, created a lot of weird stuff probably at the beginning, but also learned so much. And, and, and it's just really grown, really, in the last kind of five years. That was five years ago. Yeah. Because it does seem now that there is a, a style that you have established. Mm. I think you could recognise, you know, if someone showed you a photo of one of your designs, I could say that that looks like something you would make. Mm. So... Did it take you long to find your look with it? Or was that something that you started out with an idea and you were just learning how to get to that stage? Yeah, I think that, um, I guess I felt like the aesthetic was quite easy for me because it was something that I had really thought about in my own 
um, my, my own wardrobe anyway. So it really just came from a very personal point of view um, of stuff that I would like to wear. Um, and um, yeah, I, I guess also I, I hadn't didn't really think of it as, as a business opportunity at the beginning. I didn't think about what other people might want to wear. It was really just very personal and it really just happened to fill a spot in the market that that was lacking at the time, particularly in the UK. I think there was there's definitely a few kind of American brands that are bordering on similar styles to me, but um, at the time there wasn't very many UK based very small businesses that were offering this kind of um, this kind of thing. And so I just kind of managed to slip into a market where I didn't really know was needed. Yeah. So who, who else's work? Sorry. Um, who else's work influenced your own then? Where, where did you get your inspiration from for what you design? Yeah, that's a complex question. I suppose, um, I suppose historically it was probably from um, my community and my family. Uh, I grew up in a family of um, kind of alternative artists um, and hippies and was really surrounded by a lot of kind of strong female um, characters when I was a child who all wore a lot of loose linen and um, and so it kind of felt quite natural to me to go into that style. Um, there was also a lot of, there is kind of a lot of um, linen clothing, simple linen clothing for the older women in, in the UK market and so I think I was kind of looking at, at that, those kind of clothes and that model and seeing how I could um, update it a little bit for a younger audience too, I, aka me. Um, but also inspiration wise I think it just came from mostly from um from kind of old traditional workwear um and also uh, how I like to wear my clothes kind of embodying clothing clothing that was really easy to move in um, clothing that's good to work in wherever that might be to garden in to walk in and um colors colors wise it was very much kind of immediate inspiration from the landscape around me too uh, I was living on right on the coast and I still am in a different location and those kind of blues and greys and ochres and twilight and those were kind of all the all the same things that inspired me in my writing too and I just felt like I kind of transferred them over to a more visual um, platform because you talk about using very English colours and I think that's what you mean when you say that isn't it that it's something that suits the natural surroundings of this country and something that sort of yeah it looks very traditional and I occasionally sort of reminds me of something medieval some of your some of the shapes you have yeah absolutely I agree in your manifesto you speak about clothing as if it really should last you use the phrase cloth being imbued with memory mm. which is a phrase that I think separates you so much from anything that a high street shop would ever say mm. it's something that makes it sound like there's so much more meaning in the clothes that you make in the way that you want people to see your clothing so is that something you're aiming to do you're making something that would fit someone for their entire life that will last that long yeah absolutely that's yeah that's definitely at the very heart of my ethos is creating pieces that will last the test of time um i'm just so wholly uninterested in um the kind of capitalist strategy of throw away clothes or or even kind of seasonal wear i understand that people wear different things in spring and summer but the idea behind the collection was really you know stuff that's really built to last that's considered and really wearable and um 
and also just to kind of um kind of bring bring to light and bring forward the idea of looking after your clothes and having a relationship between your you know between you and your clothes and tending them and mending them if they need it rather than throwing them away and um, just generally kind of that's all wrapped up in a more sustainable ethos um, which I kind of also discovered as I was making clothes I did, wasn't really something that I thought about that much before I think um, I think that the last few years perhaps um, the idea of you know more sustainable fashion and and just more considered buying has started to come into the mainstream of of the UK but um I think as I was growing up it just wasn't really a factor in a lot of people's buying strategies so yeah it's just really important for me to be able to know that I've done the best job that I can with these clothes and um yeah not not to really worry about people coming back and buying more and more or buying really quickly but just buying much more considered and trying to find a piece that will last the test of time and and that they'll they'll wear every day really It sounds to me like a lot of the ethos around your brand is something that you really did grow up with. If you're around alternative thinkers and your parents, you call them hippies and things like mm. that. Um, did you ever have like a rebellious phase where you didn't really care about that and you were like, I just want to look fashionable and it's, this seems boring to me or anything like that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, there was definitely different phases of my, of my, uh, of my growth. I mean, I was a punk and a goth for quite a long time um but um yeah I, I don't really know it's probably something that I yeah like I said I, I didn't really think about it a lot um yeah I, I guess you're right because I because I grew up in kind of an alternative scene um that idea of like counterculture and doing it yourself and being self-sustaining has always has has kind of followed me through my life um and yeah like I said before I find it I just find it really empowering to to kind of use what you have and use your skills and create you know little pockets of community and and like self-stability within a larger kind of capitalist system so I think that has always stuck with me and informed me I mean I definitely educated myself much more once I started making clothes and thinking about this a lot more but and had my head in the sand for a long time about, you know, the ethics of the clothing industry, ethics of every industry, really. But um, I think it's kind of a work in progress. You have to continue on kind of being open and learning and and making the right choices for you. And that's not always perfect. But I think being kind of educating yourself and, and working with what you've got is a really good head start. I would say that growing up in that environment, puts you in something of a minority I think a lot of people just don't think about that stuff mm. uh, so if someone came to you now and said I want to live more like you do I think the approach you have is great and I want to start out on my own making something or being an artist or a creator or something what advice would you give them to mm. help them on their way mm, good question um I personally am a pretty impetuous and kind of impatient person so I would probably say just just do it in whatever way you can <laughs> um but that's obviously not that um you know, that easy to understand from a perspective of somebody that has never really delved into something um but uh I suppose I would say just always use the tools you have around you if you can um 
in the same way that I started the business, I kind of, I, I didn't get into any debt. I started really small, you know, I was literally making things from old antique bedsheets and dyeing things myself and started really, really small um, until you feel confident enough to just branch out a little bit and branch out a little bit and oh, try something else and oh, maybe I'll start knitting or, you know, maybe I'll start making hats or whatever it is. It's like, you, it's, it's kind of like a little slipstream next to the mainstream that you just wiggle down until you find what's right for you. How did you support yourself in those early days? Um, I worked part-time or sometimes full-time. Um, I was a baker um, for a long time in a little artisan bakery in Falmouth and that yeah really supported me through the first couple of years of business. Um, and I was also living in a caravan and had no real major outgoings and um, my studio was really cheap. Um, I suppose that kind of comes from living in the countryside I know a lot of people don't have that luxury when it comes to starting business and, you know, living in the middle of London can be such a different story. Um, But yeah, just having super low outgoings gave me the freedom to be able to explore on my own terms rather than, you know, rather than have it be all or nothing. On Who's Flying the Plane, we'd like to give you the chance to reveal a hidden gem. So something that might be from the area of the world that you work in. It could just be something, a little project you've noticed that you think deserves our attention. So what would you like to point us in the direction of? Ooh, that's, that's very nice. Oh, well, there's so many. I, I think that um, from, I don't know whether people would particularly see me as a tiny business anymore, but um from starting out from that perspective of just being a one woman business, I like to keep an eye on, you know, smaller businesses that are popping up on, you know, Instagram is a really amazing platform for that. Um, so I'm always keeping an eye out for smaller businesses that are doing similar things to me. Um, recently I have really been enjoying, um, a, a very new brand called Hep Cloth, um, who are based in Totnes and, um yeah run by a girl who's super considered and and has been working on her designs so thoroughly before they are let out into the mainstream um public which I really admire I think I need a bit more of that in my life a bit more patience and a bit more um considering with my garments too so I am always inspired by that kind of thing you've been going for a few years now and your company is fairly large you've got your clothing in various shops. The reason I've heard about you is that your clothing is in the Ottowin shop in Bristol. Um, so you're spread fairly widely around the country now. Um, and to support yourself, I'm sure you always want the business to grow. But that there's a point at which you start contradicting your ethics. And I wanted to know what your approach is to that. Like, when do you, is there a point where you're going to say, right, I'm not going to sell any more than this number of items per year? Or how do you deal with that? Hmm. Yes. Good question. Um, it's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, um, as you know, I have more and more people interested in more orders. Um, for a long time, I just kind of, um, potted away getting just, just the perfect amount of orders really for me to be able to sustain myself. Um, but it is growing 
incrementally and um I think that yeah there comes I'm not really that interested in growth really I think because my you know my original um inspiration came from and and my inspiration now comes from you know just doing a really good job and creating really good clothes um it's not it was never really kind of a business strategy um so I think that there will just be a point where um yeah like you say I can only make a certain amount of clothes a year or I have to kind of open and close my online shop and manage orders and just stay um just kind of stay how it is I really enjoy just kind of working on it three or four days a week um and having other projects as well um outside of Phaedra and um yeah I I have I have kind of dipped into hiring other people um in my community to help me sew and um whilst that was really amazing to be able to you know support somebody else um in their own kind of quest for self-employment or helping them fund their lives um and paying them paying them what they deserve to be paid I, I kind of felt like it took away from my own kind of inspiration with the business and I felt a bit more like I was managing people which I'm not really that interested in um and it wasn't didn't really suit me so I think that yeah it's just going to continue to just be me so um uh, I think so you'll reach capacity and that'll be um that'll be where you stay yeah exactly and I yeah I feel really lucky I think a lot of the business as well was kind of creating really personal interactions with people um and being really transparent and kind of leveling that playing field between customer and business owner or you know server waitress and customer and all of that all of kind of the politics that comes with that and kind of more interested in um yeah creating creating a really interesting complex relationship with my customers and um what comes out of that is um people are really incredibly patient and they're interested in what you're doing I'm interested in them and and they're like so happy to wait for what I can offer them uh, so I feel really lucky in that regard that's something that smaller companies and people who are interested in keeping a closer relationship with their customers experience a lot is hearing little stories about what their clothes or you know whatever they're making they hear a lot back from a lot of feedback so is there like a story or a piece of feedback that you've had that really has inspired you to keep going or something that you've uh, really enjoyed hearing mm. yeah I mean all the time I feel so lucky I get such amazing emails from people who you know don't have to take the time out of their day to email me um you know I send something out to somebody and I mean the best the best feedback I can get from somebody is that um you know, something that I've made them makes them feel more themselves and, you know, or they've been having a rough time and having something that makes them feel so much like themselves or it's like a piece of armour or it's, you know, just such a thing of beauty to be able to wear has given them just so much joy. And I just love hearing that so much. Like, that's one of the reasons why I started making clothes too. And, and I know that feeling so well to have something fit you well. And, um, yeah, it's also why I why I offer kind of customized um, pieces so people can change the lengths of garments and things and just creating that little bit of customization for one individual means that a garment goes from being something that you know has been produced a lot to being just perfectly tailored for you and there's just really nothing like that feeling and 
I'm always just so overwhelmed when people get in contact with lovely emails to say how much they like their clothes. Yeah, it feels great. Mm. Where can we buy your clothing and how can we follow you on social media? You can buy my clothing on phaedraclothing.co.uk forward slash shop. Um, yeah, all of my clothes are there, though um, depending on the time of year, it's kind of open to the public or closed to the public, depending on how much I've got going on. Um, but generally it's open. And you can also find my clothes um, in the Ottoman shop and on the Ottoman website. Um, and you can find me on at Phaedra Clothing on Instagram. Great stuff. Okay, well, Diva, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. Pleasure. Um, and yeah, thanks a lot. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you.